Welcome to the Conscious Christian Conversations podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Kyleen. We are two spunky Christians with diverse backgrounds and life experiences who want to encourage each other and you listening to challenge your subconscious beliefs. Each episode, the two of us will be having a conversation around a specific topic that we may or may not have different perspectives on. If you haven't already, please listen to episode one to learn what we are all about. Without further ado, here is today's episode. Let's talk about going to church because I think it'll be good because we'll disagree. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, uh, your position go. My position on going to church. I used to be like, whatever, doesn't really matter. Uh, but in the last two years, I have to say that it has been absolutely essential for me in growing my faith and in growing closer to God. And I find that like, there's a period of time in November, December. So like six months, six weeks that either I was sick or one of the kids were sick and we, we just weren't able to make it for, I think we made it two out of the six weeks. And during that period of time, like my, I, I felt myself going backwards, like falling away from uh, my relationship, even though I was still trying to read the Bible and, and do, you know, weekly or nightly prayers and, and communicating with God through the day it just didn't happen in the same way. And, um, I started noticing that towards the end of December and I started kind of getting into a major funk and, you know, some depression and stuff that's not normal for me. And I just felt very vulnerable spiritually. And like all of these dark doubts kept coming in and I was like, what is happening to me right now? Like, I just felt like I was falling apart and, um, and I can't even say like it was alcohol or sugar related to the holidays. Like, cause I didn't really indulge in any of those this year. Uh, cause I was feeling like crap. So I just stayed away. I was eating healthy and just trying to take care of myself. And it wasn't until I started, like I was able to finally go back the first weekend of January. So now it's, you know, three going on three weeks and back into the routine of women's Bible study and church and Wednesday night studies. And I'm feeling good again, like at peace, my mood is better. I feel like I finally come out of the funk. I feel like I'm no longer being spiritually attacked. Mm -hmm. And so that just kind of illustrated to me the importance of going to church. And I mean, I would watch church sermons on like every Sunday I was there watching live on the Facebook or if not live, like the recorded version a little later. Um, and it, it wasn't enough. Like it actually is. There's something about being in the building with other Christians and going through it that I think is really important to our faith. That's my position. What's yours? Go. <laughs> I, I think we have to be careful not to put our experiences onto everybody as a requirement. So I don't think that it's necessary. Um, and there are, there are a lot of considerations and layers to think about and talk about. So um, <clears throat> for some people, depending on the church that they come from and the church trauma that they may have, or even the culture of the church that they're in may actually deepen their relationship when they leave. So I um, was actually just talking, I had a really cool conversation with a friend of mine the other day who coaches, um, she's called the ministry wife and she, her husband used to be a pastor and she now coaches and counsels uh, women in ministry. And there's so much church trauma. There's so much, there's just a lot that they have to deal with. And she has experienced a big church trauma in her life. And there has been a several year period of time where she's not really, to my understanding, um, like consistently going to a specific church. 
and they haven't found a church home. And it was really when we were having this conversation the other day and she mentioned to me that it was really when she got out of the church culture that she started really broadening um, her understanding and her knowledge. And it was actually an incredibly beneficial thing for her with her relationship with her spirituality and her relationship with God. So there's so much, I think, within church culture and every, every building and every church and every denomination is going to have a different church culture as some of it can be incredibly healthy. And that's like the goal, right? <laughs> like, like super biblical and, um, the, the heart of Jesus and the, the Holy spirit is there and you're going to feel supported and loved and you're going to get good theology and you're going to feel energized when you are around those people. And that's not everybody's experience. So some people come from super conservative evangelical cult-like backgrounds where there's a lot of um, control. There's a lot of restriction. There's a lot of power over. There's a lot of hierarchy. And there's even just when you get stuck in one church and you've been raised in one church and it's the only place you ever go, um, what it is that you're learning from, what doctrine you're learning from, what theology, what books you're exposed to, those sorts of things. And so one of the things she had mentioned was that once she kind of got out of the church, her um, reading tremendously expanded to um, authors, maybe outside of the denomination that she had been in, for example. And there's so many authors that, um, you know, are spiritual or theological that offer such good um, resources and thinking and things like that. So that's one, that's one layer I think to consider is well, that. For and I don't, I don't want to, like, I'm going to interject here because I'm not by any means saying that church should take over our own personal, personal study and journey with Jesus. Right. What I'm saying is that having that, that collection of people who can help to support you and, you know, where two people are, there I am also, right? So we know that he comes to be with us when we gather with other Christians. And there is a powerful piece to that. But that does not by any means take away our responsibility to be doing our own reading and interpreting the Bible, you know, and, and expanding our, our ourselves outside of whatever we're being told. Like we do have our own personal responsibility to make sure that what we are learning is biblically, biblically sound. And if there's not a good church that you're, you know, if you're, you're being taught something that you're like, something's not right with this, like moving well, churches. A lot of times, why would place. you, if that's what you were raised in, why would you question it? You know what I'm saying? So yes, like we should all question and we should all expand and we should all do our own research and we should all challenge what our pastors are saying. We should all do that. But when you're raised in a certain culture and that's all, you know, a lot of times you're actually trained from a very young age, not to question the authority, not to question the leadership, to take what they, they are the boss, right? There is a church culture. A lot of times that the, the pastor has ultimate say, this is very unhealthy. It's super toxic, but it's also very common that the pastor has the ultimate say he has way too much control and what he says goes. Mm -hmm. And so when you are raised in that um, it can be a really, um, actually more damaging in a lot of ways than healthy. So I think, I think, yeah, in an optimal world, um, you know, the Bible does talk about fellowshipping with other believers, right? But you also mentioned the verse where it says we're two or more of the gathered. So I don't necessarily think it has to be a church because if you, it's, a, there are a lot of places and a lot of church cultures where it is actually very difficult to find. Okay. Let's, let's interrupt for a minute. What are we defining as church? Because the Bible does not define church as like a place of worship. 
A church, right. the and church is a collection of believers together. You can be out in the middle of a field with four friends who are praying and reading the Bible, and that is a church, right? What right. we're talking about. But what you are bringing up and your the construct of the conversation is going to a building to learn with a group of people. Well, that's what my church is, but that yeah. doesn't like what we're doing right now can be considered a church. Have sitting down, talking about theology, questioning. Okay, well, then I wouldn't use the term church. Then I would use the term. It's important to fellowship with other believers. Okay, but according to the Bible, that's the definition of church, right? Yeah, but church in English. But in English, if we're having this conversation, people are going to listen to this and think you're talking about going to a building, right? And that's why I wanted to define what we're talking about, because I think we're arguing two separate things. You're arguing the structured church with a pastor and all that. I'm saying to me, my church is going to a church because I don't have a collection of friends that I can do this with beyond you, right? And so I go to a structured thing and I love it. But it might mean like you have four of your girlfriends come over and you have a glass of wine together as you're talking about the Bible and praying together. Like that is also church. Yeah, I think that's a a really important consideration. So if we're going to define it that way, yeah, totally. I think it's I think it's important that you are in communication with people that can support you in your belief system and can encourage you through the hard parts of life through your belief system. But I mean primarily how that shows up in society is going to a church building, right? Like that's how we connect with people. So I think that's where it's like, I never want people to feel guilty for not going to church on Sunday because I've just heard so many stories of people. Like I don't go just because I haven't found a healthy place yet. Yeah, And that's, that's hard because Um, That was me for like 20 years. I could not find one that I agreed with or that I enjoyed or that I liked. And it shouldn't be a burden. Like you shouldn't feel Oh, it's Sunday. I just, gosh, okay, I'll go. I mean, that's not what church should be at all. It's right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, um, it, it is very hard. I think ultimately what it boils down to in, in your spiritual walk is a heart thing, right? So it's, it's, where is your heart and what are you looking for and what is your goal and what are your, um, values? And if, because I think we would even disagree a little bit on the importance of constantly reading the Bible. Um, and I don't necessarily think it's the only thing you should ever read. And I don't, and I know you don't either, but I also don't think that um, it's terrible if you go through long bouts where you're not reading it. So um, is it probably better if you read it for your <laughs> <laughs> but again, I really, I think there's so much guilt in the Christian culture. Yes. I really, I tend to go on the opposite end of the spectrum and try to really project the freedom that I believe is in Christ. That if you're not doing these things, it doesn't mean that you're not saved. If you're not yes. doing these things, it doesn't mean that you're going down this rabbit hole of um, not being a Christian or being rebellious or anything like that. Like, like in my, um, I had a, a huge shift in my spiritual through my betrayal. I had been through a lot of trauma in my life. And a lot of times that kind of brought me closer in my relationship to God, but my betrayal from my husband shook me so hard. I was kind of like, you know what, God, screw you. To be honest, I was mad. I was upset. I was hurt. I was like, I've been faithful for my entire life. I've gone through hard things and I stayed faithful. I've never, you know, wavered in my belief. Um, I've, you know, done all of these things. I've always tried to do the right thing and obey you. How, how dare you basically, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like how, like how, why me, you know? And I really went through a hard time and it took a really long time. I would say 
nine months to even really begin to kind of crack that Mm -hmm. and maybe a year plus to really start getting me comfortable with like, okay, all right, I'm back into it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think, I think we, because I have those experiences and because I hear so much, um, toxicity within church culture. Um, I very much go to the end of the spectrum of you do what you need to do with your relationship with Christ, because that varies so much depending on where you are in your life. And sometimes you're going to be upset. That's called a relationship. Mm -hmm. And he's going to the important thing. Can I point out the important thing for you though, is you worked at it to get back to him, despite the fact that you were so angry, you still worked at it to get back to him. That's an interesting idea. I don't know that I did. I was kind of lazy about it for a long time because I was very much like, you know what? I just don't want to. And, and also sometimes there's right. So then, so then did he pull you back in? Like, how did you get back to him? If you weren't intentionally trying what he is the epitome of a healthy relationship. He gave me the space that he needed. He stayed there. He -hmm. didn't, um, he didn't gaslight me. (laughs) (laughs) Pressure me. He did blame me. He didn't manipulate me. I knew that he was there. I knew that he loved me. I knew that when I was ready and that's what he, he was like, when you're ready. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think there was maybe a little bit of prompting when I was ready. Yeah. Of like, okay. You're ready now. Right. Like let's, yeah. let's work on this together. And it's, you know, it's kind of like my relationship with my spouse, right? It's like when all this happened, it's like, okay, you heal you, you heal you, this is individual. And then we can work on the coupleship. And it's like, I was really damaged. I was really damaged. And so I needed that space. And it was, a, it was interesting. It was very interesting. And, and it's funny now because the, the, the tides had, had really turned where like, I was the theologian in, in the house. Like <laughs> I was like, I was like the one that like, you have a, Bible question, like, let's go. Right. And, um, as Patrick began his recovery journey and, and had this, um, spiritually transformative experience really on in the process, he got so deep in his walk with God and he became the, you know, what I the Jesus-y one. Yeah. The Jesus freak. Yeah. Jesus-y one. And, um, it was just a very interesting. So then I became the, um, devil's advocate, you know, of like, well, let's have these conversations and let's talk about it. And it's so interesting to be on the other side of that and have him defend when I have questions and have mm-hmm. him defend it and have us just kind of talk through things. Um, but anyway, sorry, that's rambling a little bit about my personal journey, but, um, to me, I, I just am very careful of like, people are in such different places in their life. I don't want, I, I never want to put guilt or shame on them about where they are. And I never want them to feel like, oh, you're not a Christian. If you're not reading the Bible every day, or you don't go to a church building every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are phases in our life where that is going to shift and that's okay. Oh, for sure. Um, is, it, is it the optimal? <laughs> no. Right. Like the optimal, like I got myself this, um, this journal Kairos, if anybody wants to do this, it's really great. K-I-R-O-S Kairos journal. And I got one for me, um, my husband and our son at Christmas. And it's really cool because it helps you to memorize a scripture verse every week. And then it helps you to write down what you're praying about. And it has you write down three things you're grateful for. And it's like a daily thing. And then at the end of the week, there's like a reflection And, um, and then every day you have this opportunity to go, what, what prayers has God answered and what, um, uh, what is God talking to you about in your life or what are you reading in the Bible? And, um, so 
it, it's really interesting because when I started using this journal, I was like, it makes you more aware of how quickly prayers are answered sometimes, mm-hmm. which, which is a really interesting thing. Cause right away I would notice that I would pray for something and things would happen. And then I would look back at it and I was like, how many times have I prayed for something? and forgot that I prayed for it. Yeah. Right. So, so I didn't recognize when it was answered. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think we agree in the aspect of like, it's important to be engaged in your faith and it's important to, um, pay attention to these things. And it's important to, I, I think in my mind, the most important thing is to be honest with God with where you're at. Mm-hmm. Right. So like you're, you're engaging in, in a relational dynamic. Yeah. My cat I, is- I, I would have to, I would have to agree with you in the fact, like there are so many unhealthy churches, which is why I think I gave up on church for like, I don't know, most of my life, to be honest with you. Like every time I went, there was just there was something about what they were teaching. I'm like, that's not right. That's not, that's not, not. And I just, I felt it in my heart. Like that was totally the Holy spirit speaking to me. It's like, that's not right. I didn't know why it wasn't right, but it just made me uncomfortable. And I moved from church to church. And finally I gave up. Like I literally in Spokane, I tried every church that we possibly could. If a new one popped up, we tried it. And I'm like, uh-uh. Oh my gosh. I've, for- I've done so much church hopping in my life. Yeah. Legit. I get yeah. it. And, and so then I'm like, you know what? I think just church is not for me because there was so much of the man in the church. And now I'm starting to realize with the church I'm in now, like these are all wonderful, flawed human beings, but they're wonderful because they all recognize their flaws. They recognize my flaws and they love me anyway. And vice versa. Like it's a family, like I've never been in a church where you're just accepted for who you are and you're not supposed to be like this awesome Christian person who's, you know, totally perfect. I mean, there's none of that nonsense. And so I feel like I finally found a place and I know that that's very few and far between because it's been 20, 30 years that I've been looking for one. Um, But, and, and I would agree with what you said that I gave up because it was more disheartening to me to go and hear things that I'm like, there's something not right about this message or, you know, these people are, there's something, you know, the way that they speak to you or the yeah, condescension I mean, you hear. And it's like, that, that what you just said, like that intrinsic kind of knowing, like if anyone's listening to this and they're going, well, I can't question my church. I can't question theology. I can't question it. Yes, you can. Yeah, okay. Can. Just you should. And I think there is like God, God talks about the truth being written on our hearts. And I think generally that is about acknowledging that there's a creator and we have this intrinsic knowledge of right and wrong and, and that he exists. And I think within that, sometimes there is just this intrinsic knowledge of like, this is, this is toxic, or this is not right, or this is injustice, or this is not the way you should be treating women or whatever. And if you're in a church culture like that, and you just have this inside of you, but you're so ingrained in the culture that you feel like you can't question it, we're just going to give you permission right now to question it. Yeah. And what I would encourage you in that situation is if you feel like that in any way, go to a different church and see what a different culture is like, try a different denomination, like a whole different scenario. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like, I think we mentioned this in the first episode, but my family always called ourselves Catholic after Luther Gospels because of like <laughs> diverse exposure to all the denominations and like our history and like what we were exposed to. And I think, honestly, I think that's good because so many different um, backgrounds have value and they mm-hmm. teach you different things. And you learn that what you grew up with isn't necessarily the end all be all, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I was talking to my mom the other day because 
we grew up in a very, very conservative evangelical, in some instances, cult-like mentality and group. And, um, and I, and I was talking to her about like deconstruction and stuff, because I don't blame people that deconstruct and completely leave because I understand where that comes from because you're raised in this Uber, like it's so strict and extreme and then you grow up and then every leader that is like considered a pillar in that community, you're finding them fall with like all of these terrible scandals and like all of this toxic, abusive theology. And it's coming out now. Yeah. And that's honestly one of the things I think that's been amazing about social media is like you get exposed to the rest of the world and then people are sharing videos kind of outing these leaders saying toxic and abusive things and you become more aware of it. And so like, I understand the idea of like, well, I'm just going to leave, but I don't go that far. I go, that is hard. Deconstruction is hard. Finding what you've, finding out that what you've been taught and exposed to and all these like really insidious belief systems that you've absorbed, whether you wanted to or not questioning those and questioning, did those come from these toxic toxic leaders or did they come from the Bible and figuring that out? Like, I think that's the journey. Okay. So can I interrupt you for a minute? Because we talked about like word choices and I want to like pastors and church leaders, like you, you talk about toxic and abusive, but they're also men, right? They're, they're people that are sinful and it's not always like an intentional, like I want the power in cult leader things. And so I just want to make sure that we're um, being careful in how we're using some of those words just to make well, I sure use that very intentionally it's toxic yeah. and abusive. There what are I some, about, there, yeah, what I is toxic and abusive. And when you get into the conservative evangelical culture, you have John MacArthur, you have John Piper, you have, um, I can't remember his name right now, but it was really famous. Um, and he got, had this huge sex scandal and it's, um, oh, after he died, I think it was, it all came out. I can't remember his name for the life of me. He's well, so we're, you're, you have some very specific people in mind. I just want to make sure that anyone who's listening, we don't think that every church or every pastor or every preacher oh, no. is toxic or abusive. If it comes across that way, I just want to make sure that that's clear for, for anyone listening. No, no, no. I'm talking about a very specific community, but it's incredibly okay. prevalent. And what we, if you grew up in that community, the, what you would consider the leaders or the pillars of that community basically are all kind of within that category at this point. A lot okay. of them. Most of them. Okay. <laughs> like, all right. The big names. Okay. <laughs> the big okay, names you recognize. And it's like, that's hard when you grow up through that. And then you're like, oh, I thought they had really great theology. And then now I'm like, oh wait, like they think it's okay to like hit women, like, you know, or whatever it is. Right. Like you think that's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really messed up and it challenges you and you have to start questioning what you believe. And so then you have, you're, you're presented with this option of, well, do I throw it all away or do I figure out right. what comes from man and what I've been taught versus what God has said and what is true. And that's what, that's the thing about Satan is he'll take that, that truth and he'll twist it just enough to be unrecognizable, but it seems yeah. legit. And, and that is so hard to define and which is why I have come to believe that it is so important that we be in the Bible and that we understand, like you've said multiple times, if there is something in the Bible contradicting another piece of the Bible, there's clearly an issue 
like there's something going on, right? There's something yeah. that's not being interpreted correctly. Right. And so if we know that and we understand, and we learn that and the, the spirit can use that knowledge as we're reading through it to recall to our mind, when we hear something that we're like, mm, hold on, that doesn't track with this area here. And then doing some of your own research would be like, no, that's actually very incorrect. Or, right. okay, maybe I was interpreting this piece wrong. And that actually is true. So, and that's why we always just encourage everybody to like challenge your beliefs and make sure that what you're following is sound. And I do think like, if you are challenging your beliefs that, you know, we're talking about like, don't feel guilty if you're not in the Bible every day, but if you're challenging your beliefs, like that's where you have to go to find the answer. Yes. It's your ultimate resource for sure. Yeah. So if you, if you don't know what you believe right now, like definitely read that, figure it out, you know? Um, Cause that, that's the only thing that you can really base. If you believe in Jesus, that he is God and, and you call yourself a Christian, then the Bible is the only thing that you can base like the theology on. And see, and that's what I love reading some of these commentaries. Like I love Gusick and Chuck Smith and some of those that just break down what they're talking about and they cross-reference things. So I can, so I, I read it along with that to help my understanding. Cause the Bible is still really, really hard for me to understand. Like, I don't get half of what Jesus is talking Listen, about. I, okay. So. I'm pulling this from the conversation I had with uh, my friend the other day too. So um, this is a thought that I had, just a thought. People can take it or leave it, delete what's not for you. But I was wondering the validity of the English translations that we have. Yes. So there have been some times where I actually go to the original Greek and I'm like, "Mm, that seems like not a correct translation of this word. Because I think, yeah, there's, there are a couple translation issues in terms of um, some words for sure. But I think what ends up happening sometimes is there's two parts to it. One, we don't have the word. So we pick a word and it doesn't encompass the meaning. And so I think that is like, if we're actually translating it and we're trying to get the meaning, why aren't we putting the meaning into translation? You know what I mean? Like, well, but like, for example, the different types of love, you can't, without doing a whole freaking paragraph to explain agape love versus, you know, the brotherly right. love. I, can't remember. I think that, I think the paragraph should either be there or there should always be a note next to it. Like, I think, because then it's more of like, we're studying what we believe in versus we're reading a translation of something and we don't really understand it. You know what I mean? I think, mm-hmm. I think there's issues with that. And then the second piece of translation being the way it is into English, we read it through Western culture and our our lenses and our our society because of what we've been raised in and exposed to and so we miss a ton of cultural context and so that is really we miss so much because of the translation and the lack of cultural context and so i don't know i like i think the fact that we have translations is amazing i think that's important and i think ultimately the Holy Spirit, this is how I've always believed it. There's enough in the Bible that the Holy Spirit will help you know what you need to know to be saved. And like, that's ultimately the goal, right? Like that is it is relationship with God and to know what it takes to be in relationship and, and become saved and um, be with him for eternity. Like that's the goal. And I think what we have accomplishes that when you combine it with the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and I other just believers, think- right? Like conversations like this, where you're pointing out things that I'm like, oh, I never thought about that. And then I go back and do my research. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, you're right. And sometimes I'm like, no, I still believe what I believe. Like, I think that's why it's so important to have these kinds of conversation yeah. and fellowship in a church 
i.e. a collection of other believers <laughs> to talk. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, I mean, that, that and I think maybe in the future there's a better way um, or like an additional, like I just think when we're reading the Bible, we should have the opportunity, whether it's with an additional text that like gives us all of that or it's a translation that takes this into consideration. We're very used to a certain type of translation. I think there would be a people if we really tried to change it, but maybe like an additional option. <laughs> that a Bible option. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, but you have your of those. additional translation, but then you also have like, we're going to take the word and we're going to use the five words in English that explain what this means in the paragraph. You know what I mean? That's what, so I use a website when I'm reading the Bible, I use a website called biblehub.com. And it actually has, um, it has the Greek and it has, I think Hebrew and there might also be an Aramaic. So it will give you, like, you can click on any word in the Bible and it will show you the original word and the definition, and then it will give it to you in different sentences. And like, so you can really understand the meaning that that particular word meant in the original context so that when you're reading it, then you can be like. For example, I I was reading um, in Acts and the commentary in Acts, this was um, when Stephen was being stoned um, for proclaiming Jesus as as Savior. And um, it talked about how the Sanhedrin came at him. um, They they ran at him and then started to stone him. And, And the commentary said that the word for ran in this situation was only used twice in the Bible. The other time it was used in the context when Jesus took the, um, uh, the demons in put them into the pigs and the pigs ran off the cliff. So it was talking about like this mad headlong rush, uh, like with no thought behind it, which is different than just running. And so like really understanding the meaning of the original word was very helpful in understanding. Like well, see, that's my point is like, why take the word run when you could say ran uh, or when you, when you could say headlong rush, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, with without thinking, you know, what I mean, like there are words right. that we could use to describe it. Why does it have to be word for word? Yeah, but, then our, but then our like 2,500 page Bible would turn into like a 10,000 page Bible and we couldn't carry it around with us. <laughs> Put it into two parts, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, I just, I, I think there's so much value to understanding that. And I mean, to your point, I think, um, here, here's a thought that people can choose to do with what, what they will. I think you need to understand what's in the Bible. I think you need to read it. I think you need to understand what's there. I think you need to be familiar with all of it. Mm-hmm. And then I think with that as your foundation, it this this is what is beneficial. You are going and reading other books that yes. have theology and, and they have translation ideas in them. And you talk to other people yes. and kind of what you're talking about, fellowship yep. and being in communion with other people who have been exposed to different things at different places of the world with different cultures. And then you're understanding a bigger per- picture that applies to what you've sure. read. So, so it's like, it's going from like, you know, basic math to algebra, to geometry, to physics. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like you you need to have that basic, like I get the, the bones of it. I know what happened. I know the stories. I know the people. I know the events. And then you can kind of go deeper than that. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. Because, you know, like when I, when I was younger and I was reading through the Bible and I'm like, I don't really understand what he's talking about. Like, great. Okay, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. Like whatever, he, whatever Jesus I was studying in the gospel, I'm like, I just really don't get it. 
And then as I grew and I started to do some of that and talk to people, and then my understanding of it grew exponentially. And, and then, but then even as I go back and I reread stuff, now that I know more than I did a year ago and I read the same passage, I read it differently and it speaks to me in a different way. And so I do think that, you know, before I used to read it passively. It's just like, I'm reading the Bible. I'm like, I don't enjoy this because I don't understand what it's talking about. And so then I'd give up on it. And now it's like, you know, it's a whole thing where I'm researching it and it just doing studies that really help to kind of dig into it and providing you some context around the historical um, piece and, and where things are at and, and building it as like a real life history book of real people that yeah. really interacted with, you know, Jesus or God, even in the Old Testament. Well, and, and I think the community is going to be important too, because figuring out what you believe about the literal or figurative parts of the Bible. So I believe that both are, I think there's actually multiple different styles of writing in the Bible, but mm-hmm. some people will take it all literally and some people will take it all figuratively. And it's like, okay, so that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah. think, like, so there's a lot once you have the foundational understanding of what's in it to talk about with other people to research and to let the Holy spirit kind of prompt you in, in understanding. Cause I do think if you go, um, if you go in with the idea of like, I am open to understanding and my goal is to connect with God, then I think the Holy spirit actually does a significant amount of work to, Mm -hmm. um, to open your understanding and to allow you to process things in a way that makes sense for you in your life with what you need. And yeah. And what's interesting about that is sometimes I just like, I get my coffee, I get set up to go and I just dive into the Bible and I'm just like reading it and it's just kind of hollow. And I'm just like, I'm not really getting a lot from this today. And then I realize, oh, I forgot to pray. So then I'll go back and I'll pray, you know, you know, Holy Spirit, speak to me, like, let me learn what I need to learn from this and, t- and you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I go back to it. And then all of a sudden it's like this flood of understanding happens. So it's like, that is such a, I realized for myself personally, like I cannot start the Bible study, my personal Bible study without prayer for that exact reason. Yeah. 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 So actually I think once, once it's defined, I think we agree that, um, yeah, it doesn't have to be a church church. It's a collection of people, which for me happens to be a church church. Yes, but I do think it's important to have that conversation too because people um, do get stuck in the building that they grew up in and um, they feel weird about leaving for some reason, you know, like it's wrong or bad or they're a bad person. And it's like, no, it's, it's really okay. Actually, I feel like that with life in general, it's okay. It's okay to meet new people. It's okay to travel. And I think the broader your horizon is, the more you're exposed to different thoughts and people and languages and belief systems. I think it really helps us get out of our bubble and become well-rounded, loving, and challenge our beliefs, challenge our beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. And so I asked, um, I asked my friend this and I'll ask you this, um, since we're sort of on this topic, maybe it's a tangent, I don't know. Um, but what is your thought then about, um, studying or reading script, uh, reading a spiritual text from other religions? I do that. I do that to see, I do, um, not to, I do it more out of curiosity and to see the similarities and then where the differences are. And, but then also understanding because a lot of religions are very, very similar in their teachings. And so then understanding where that came from in the context that they use it actually helps me to further understand 
our religion and and the Bible, but then just being very aware of, because I think, and I fell into this trap when I was in college in med school, actually, I took a world religion class and I loved it, but I fell into the trap of like every religion well, like there's, there's multiple ways to get to heaven. universality, like as long as you believe in a creator, as long as you believe in God, you'll get to go be there. And it's like, mm, and the more that I, you know, again, read through the Bible and understand like Jesus is the only way to salvation. Well, I think, you know, it's funny. I had that conversation with my husband and he goes, um, uh, uh, I think I mentioned the conversation to you a, a couple of weeks ago where he was basically like, if you believe Jesus, that's the answer. Like that's, that solves like that question because it's like, you can't believe in Jesus and believe that there are other ways because he actually right. literally says, yeah, I, I am God yeah. and there is no other way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he does like, literally he's like, I'm it, you know? Right. So it's like, well, you either believe in Jesus. Like, like I love the CS Lewis quote. Cause he's bas- it's boiled down. He's basically like, you either believe that he is what he says he is, or he's crazy. Like you can't just right. accept him as a, Oh, he was a, a good prophet. No, yes. because what he was claiming was literally yes. insane yes. for the culture and the time. Well, and I mean, I feel like if somebody Even for now, yeah, yes. crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So you either really believe what he said and then that changes everything or you disregard him completely in which case yeah. it's a different conversation. Correct. Right. And I actually was always drawn to Taoism. Like I just love that. I think it's beautiful and, and, um, and all of that, but it, to me, it helps to feed my Christian Christian beliefs. Um, because I don't think that anything, I don't think it's wrong. I think it's just incomplete. I think a lot of religions aren't wrong. I think they're just incomplete. Um, and that's kind of what I've, I've developed into is that, you know, they, there's a lot of good, solid foundational teaching and, but it's missing the main component that really matters, which is Jesus. So mm-hmm. how about you? What do you think? Do you? Yeah, no, I think, um, I think it's valid. You know, I think question everything is like the rule people should live by. Right. And, um, it's interesting because we're raised in a, uh, generally still in, in America, it's a Christian culture, um, overall. Um, and then we're hanging on, we're at like 54% now, something like that. And then if, if you are raised in a Christian family, um, whether you've had ups or downs, you've essentially been exposed to one thing your whole life, right? You've been, ex- whether you've gone to different denominations or whatever, like I, I, I like the fact that I've been exposed to a lot of different denominations and beliefs, but I have not really truly deeply been exposed to the other religious beliefs. Um, I, I know about them. I know some fundamentals. I could maybe have a conversation about it in, in some ways, but uh, honestly, like there's no, I was thinking about that in terms of well, how much can I actually say if I haven't read their right. texts? You know what I mean? I wonder about that with Islam because that is, you know, a branch off of Christianity, right? Is Islam from back in Abraham's day. Abraham? I think it was Abraham, right? His son, yeah, yeah. Isaac and Ishmael. Yeah. Um, and, and so I've always yeah, wondered like Islam what the branch is. Yeah, Islam and Judaism and Christianity all have the Old Testament. Right. After that, they're all different. Right. Yeah. So I've actually, I've never really fully dived into is Islam, but I'm very interested about some of that um, beliefs and like how it's different than, than, you know, Christianity. Cause they're very similar. Like you said, they, they share. Yeah, so I, can tell, I can tell like the big differences, right? Like we believe in Jesus. 
they rep, they call Jesus a prophet and they call Muhammad a prophet and they follow Muhammad and they don't really follow Jesus. Right. So like, that would be like big, big pillar points, right? right. Like that would be a difference. But like, but like what their text says. The, right, exactly. the, yeah, I've never read I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I know I like know. The, the high high level points, but like that's about it. Yeah. And that's what I'm curious about is like, okay, so obviously we know the text that Judaism is founded on because it's the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. We understand that. But there's a whole culture there that um, is, is that there's a whole culture there that we're not really exposed to. Mm-hmm. Um we, we know, like, like you we were saying, um, Taoism. So at, like, I don't even know, like, is there a specific God that that worships? Like, no, it's more just the, um, it's, it's more just like the, well, so f- they don't use really use a God. It's more of just the energy, like the spirit of the universe. Right. And so it's just like how energy will flow and, or God, you know, they don't use God, like I said, but it's just the interconnectedness of everything and that you just kind of go along with the flow and nothing should really bother is con- you. Is that considered a religion? It is. Interesting. Interesting. Well, actually, that's a good question. Is it specifically a religion or is it just a theology? I don't know, actually. I guess I always assumed it was a religion, but I've never actually looked into whether it was or not. And there's no churches of Taoism or anything. Like, it's just that I know of. Well, now I have to figure that out. I don't know. <laughs> well, I have a God, it couldn't be a theology. So it would just be, um, what? Like a general- well, so, I mean, it's not like God as a, as an entity. It's, it's like, uh, like, a, like the, you know, when people say the universe, right. It's, it's the spirit that imbues everything. So we would call that God, but they don't label it as God. They just label it as this, as a, you know, a, the spirit that is a part of the water and the rocks and the trees and the, you know, yeah. yeah. All right. Good talk. Yeah, good talk. <laughs> good, valid points today all. <laughs> well, you know, what I love is that we always, even though we start out disagreeing, when we define things, we always seem to end up like coming together and figuring that, you know, it all works. No, I mean, I think it's true. And that's like, to your point. I think why these conversations are good because we can get really stuck in our own definitions or yeah. our, own, um, our own culture or our own thoughts or, or what we're familiar with. And I think if, if people are uh, still listening to us at this point, <laughs> I think the one thing that we would agree on is like questioning is important. Talking is important. Discussing is yeah. important. And don't be afraid to do research or venture out of something that you've been taught your whole life. Yeah. Like, think I think expansion is good and when you're doing it with the heart to seek God and to develop a closer relationship with him then I think that's where you'll end up yeah I agree I agree and and the other other point that I've learned is that it's, it is important to surround yourself with other Christians to just kind of help carry you in your faith especially when you have periods of time like the last two months for me where I was just really down and I kind of isolated myself and that was the absolute wrong thing to do. I mean, I kind of didn't have a choice because I was sick. I didn't want to get everybody else sick, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, I tend to like to be by myself and and be my own Island and it doesn't work so well when you're, when you're fighting the the spiritual battle that we're under all the time. Right. That's yeah, definitely true. And I think like finding those people that, um, that are encouraging to you yeah. that really want 
the healthiest version of yourself to be the end result and that are willing to have hard conversations with you as opposed to if you're around people that are like, well, that's a silly question. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that, that right there, I think is like a red flag. Like don't ask that question or that's a silly question. Like, no, like let's have the conversation. Yeah. You think it's silly. Tell me why, but like, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's one thing that I love about my pastor is whenever I have a question or I challenge something and, and he'll try to explain his version. And then if he doesn't feel like he's doing a sufficient job, he'll be like, okay, okay, let me go down and get my resources and I'll bring it up so that you can read it and understand where I'm coming from with this. And I'm like, okay, like he's, yeah. I love it. It's fantastic. I love it. Good. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our mission on this podcast is to probe topics within the Christian faith to ensure that what we believe is in alignment with scripture and that we understand why we believe what we do. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to leave a five-star review and share it with a friend. Did this topic challenge your belief? Did we give you a new perspective? Or did it solidify what you already knew to be true? Leave us a comment and tell us your thoughts. We can't wait to hear from you.